0: Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker.
1: Hi, friends. One of our most popular shows has been on Marketing especially for small businesses, so we've invited Tom back to teach us all about marketing during this recuperation period post-COVID. It's a different world out there. Tom, known as a marketing guru and a former CMO, Chief Marketing Officer with some 40 years of experience, will share plenty of sage advice and direction
0: with us today. Welcome, Tom. Well, hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. I think that's the first time I've ever been called sage. So I'll, I'll file <laughs> that one away and tell my grandkids.
1: So I thought we would approach this subject in more or less a QA and a question and answer session, because there's sure a lot of questions out there with the hit, oh, these poor companies have experienced during the pandemic. I think this might be the best way to get the most mileage to getting on the road to recovery. Okay. So let's start out. Should should businesses go for new
0: customers or stick with existing customers? Uh, it's a wonderful question because it's actually quite strategic. Uh, but there's a, a quick answer, and in, in, in the spirit of trying to give the advice and the quick answer in the Q and A, um, it's. It's right now probably smarter to go for customer retention, which means stick with your existing customers. Uh, It depends across the spectrum. There's a lot of businesses and problems. Uh, But many surveys in the last six months have shown that the number one go-to-market strategy for uh, heads of marketing across the country is to stick with their existing customers, not to spend a lot of money trying to attract in brand new customers you've never seen before.
1: So what about discount prices, lower prices, have uh, or do
0: a return to business sale? You know, I I think that's a great uh, insight that people naturally have because they're concerned if you're coming back from a period where COVID hurt you, right? And you're worried to, to kind of generate that traffic and get people back in the door and competition. But I generally advise against that In fact, I'd say more than generally, I'd say you don't really need to do that right now. If you're thinking of something, I'll put it in the world of promotions because pricing tends to be a promotion, right? A big discount or uh, a cut. Think of other elements of value you add that aren't related to the price. And if you want to promote that, go that way. Extra hours, uh, like we did during COVID with curbside service. Those are things that don't uh, impact your bottom line because the The scarcest resource companies have right now is profit. So the worst thing you can really do is to be cutting prices, which goes directly to the bottom line. And I'm a big fan of the slogan, once a price goes down, it never goes back up, right? You set new expectations and open yourself up for competition and and deteriorating margins.
1: So a lot of businesses did okay with COVID with video calls to clients do we still need as many outside salespeople?
0: Wow. (laughs) So many people are asking that question right now. It's a a tough answer because it's a scale, right? If you've got 50 or 60 outside salespeople, it's much different than if you've got two or one or three, uh, somewhere a little lower. Uh, A lot of people are exploring that question. I would say, in general, companies that found that during the time of covid where they stayed open um, if they had a reduced sales presence and they maintained their business by video and phone calls then you should explore a continuation of that it is a lower cost maybe it's an inside sales or a a phone service uh, person that might be less expensive than a commissioned outside salesperson Um, but that would be the, the only reason I would start down that path is if you did see a continuation of your business and you didn't suffer a lot, uh, I would explore continuing that because uh, there's a lot of truth to the fact people have been conditioned during COVID to do things differently.
1: So what about customer information and data? A lot of, a lot of companies struggle with how to get that
0: insights all come from information, right? It's the information age. Data is everything. In marketing, to be honest with you, don't know some of your other questions on this, but uh, the number one job right now is anything to do with data analytics, customer analytics. You know, a lot of companies have uh, CRM systems, customer relation management. Even if they don't, you're using MailChimp or SurveyMonkey or some basic tools for email. You have a lot of data and using that, uh, is very important. It's a, it's, it's a quite protracted subject. Uh, we could probably do a whole show on it. I mean, with, uh, uh, data privacy and transparency and the new apps just out by, uh, Apple on your phones, uh, this is getting to be critically important to customers, but I'll give you a simple construct. It, it sounds too simple, but I, I really want people to hear this. The number one way you get data is to ask for it. and, and, People just forget to ask for it. And I always point them to your, your let's say, web interface or your telephone interface. Uh, when you've got people on the phones, you should have a script. How did you find us, right? This is the number one question you hear people ask all the time. It's absolutely impactful. Was it a referral? Was it, go? Oh, I found you on the web. Where? Oh, I Googled. Oh, what'd you Google? I Googled the auto repair in Raleigh or Detroit or whatever you did. All of that you can collect, but but you need to take the opportunity to think about if it's email or if I have to register on your website to get something, right? A paper, a coupon, or whatever. Ask me for relevant information, but a little more than you have today, things you want to know. Maybe my gender, possibly my birthday because you're going to give me a discount, and that's a trade that I'm willing to make. Maybe I won't because I like my privacy, Uh, It could just be zip code, city, etc. But people don't ask for it. and Think a lot about what do people have to fill out on your website when they click to get something. So where should folks invest their marketing
1: dollars? For example, should they kill all direct mail and paper advertising? What's your thoughts there?
0: That's a great uh, thought because it's it's actually where everybody went at the beginning of COVID and correctly so, by the way, uh, a year ago. Uh, I would have advised and did advise many, many people pull back on print uh, because everything was digital, right? People weren't in their office. If you're mailing to a business, nobody was there to get the mailers, right? So they were just piling up in the the mail room. uh, If it was consumer, a little bit different. But but interestingly, it's so funny you ask this because uh, uh, some research came out, I think, five or six weeks ago, and it, it really astounded me. The direct mail, of all things, you just can't kill this. I all, all the years I've been through, every decade of there was no internet, and then there was internet, and then it was really internet, and then really, really internet, right? People get more interest, and all of it predicted the death of paper. Some paper died. Big catalogs, things like that, did tend to go away. Direct mail always survived, and now we're seeing a bit of a resurgence, and we're seeing it with what, what marketers would classify Generation Z and Gen Z are generally speaking uh from babies up to about twenty four year olds right now. It's a very odd thing that very young people are responding more to uh direct mail. So uh don't don't give up on on getting into whether it's Val Pack or a, a coupon or an insert inside of a bill. Those things are showing some bit of resurgence. So, in general, you have to be careful. But I would say the direct marketing uh, through paper base uh, is still a good investment. Uh, the rest should be more digital, more social media.
1: So, so this is something that was out there even before COVID, and it only, it only got a little bit harder for folks to compete since COVID. Uh, businesses lost a lot to online in the last year. Everybody's going to shop online instead of in person. How do you recover from that?
0: Difficult at best. It's going to be circumstantial, to be honest with you. Um, And again, uh, something a lot of people are grappling with. So it's a, if you were open during COVID and you lost foot traffic to competition, that's a wake up call uh it's important because you lost it right you lost it somewhere so you have to know where it went but in the spirit of the question let's presume it went online you know hey people just went to amazon they stopped walking into my scuba gear shop or um my mailbox shop or whatever you're running um that's that's really important and that's going to be difficult to get back so the the ways and the mechanisms of doing that are very much kind of a reintroduction You have to let people know that there is a value in this reintroduction that's greater than online. So I always tell people, think about your customers in two boxes. There are customers who are transactional in nature. They don't really see a lot of value beyond the product and the price. And there's customers that are relational. They like advice. They like a mailer. They want to know when something new's in. They want to hear how this particular item works with something else they bought from you. Partition those as best you can, even on paper, as an exercise. And if you lost people, the people that are transactional in nature, I just stopped in and it's all about price and product to me, you may have lost them for good because Amazon is the best at that. Depot's great at that, right? All of the online giants. Reorient yourself to the people that buy on the value that's outside of the product and the price, which is usually advice. And I love these words because they'll come up in a lot of different conversations. Anything you do on the side of the ledger that's in the help me column, meaning how do you help your clients beyond I have the product and delivery and it's on the shelf, that's where you want to dig in because that's the value that they enjoy from you as a either a retailer or a, a repair shop or an insurance agency. That is very good advice. Something I would have never thought about. That
1: I think is very key, Tom. And and this kind of goes into our next question, because if you're providing that help and that service and that relationship, it might help in this area where folks struggle to get more word of mouth
0: and get referrals. Yeah, exactly. And, and referrals are, uh, they're printed, they're written, they're word of mouth. Uh, I don't know, we talked about this the first time, just for fun, there's a one of my favorite stories. There's actually an association called the Word of Mouth Marketing Association, WOMMA, W-O-M-M-A. <laughs> and when they came out 30 years ago or so, uh, the joke was, I don't know it's true to be honest with you because someone probably Google in it right now, but the, the joke was, uh, where is their annual conference being held? And it was like, you can't find it because it's only word of mouth. So <laughs> they had to benefit from it themselves. So I always like that construct because it's warm and endearing to this concept. Today though, word of mouth is really referral. It's five-star review. It's uh it's Yelp, it's Google reviews, right? It's people leaving things on your site. So I'm going to harken back to a different perspective we talked about with data. The number one, this is a fact, the number one reason That companies don't get the amount of referrals, references, reviews that they want is they don't provide a facility for it. They don't provide a place to do it. So if I bought from you, and let's say this is an online experience because predominantly today it is, so it's a fine answer. If there's no way on your site for me to click a five-star or review or forward or share to a friend or post it to Facebook or check in or, you know, tweet it or hashtag it or, you know, mention it on LinkedIn, well, you're never going to get it. So number one, just think about this is called the customer journey. After they own something and they take it home, the next step is called advocacy in, in marketing. And advocacy is rate, refer, recommend. So, What are they doing? Ah, They're just owning your product. Have you provided them a prompt, an email, anything that says, would you please share this? We're all consumers. You get these all day long as a business owner. Now though, you got to say, Hey, did I go do that? Because those referrals are very important. I I could go a lot more on that, but I think that's (laughs) the, the big construct is simple again. Hey, make sure you have something.
1: And it's true. Just about every one of these questions, we could do a show per question, but we're trying to give the most bang for the buck here and do an overview of everything people are struggling through. And, and congratulations to everybody who's made it through or are still attempting to, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's still, there's still, uh, hope on the horizon. So, um, and, and I know you mentioned, Keep your customers, your current customers, but if people want to score a few new ones, what would be the
0: best tips for getting new customers? The The number one reason, I think, uh, for any customer to seek out uh, a new supplier, right, a new business. So do you, on, on the other end of this, how do I get a new customer? Um, I think the number one reason is that you know what your value is, right? And you're very clearly able to articulate. Now, so in marketing and we could uh, make this fancy and talk about value propositions and be boring, but I love that phrase. What's your value proposition? Which means at the end of the day, I I can make it very simple with my clients. I say this, why should I buy you instead of your competition? And if you find your answers kind of lackluster, then you're not going to drive new customers and you need to work on it. You need to orient yourself to be either more service oriented or advice giving. Again, I'm back to this help me column. A big big stake in the ground right now for all companies because of the online uh, onslaught and the ease of doing digital business is when I'm face to face or I'm in your store or I'm on your website if you are digital. By the way, a lot of people listening to this have digital presence owned. like How do I help you and distinguish myself differently than my competition? And that's all wrapped around this issue of value. It's also wrapped around that issue I mentioned before. There are people that like to just buy. Hey, I order this from you. You already met my spec as the supplier. I want a 100. I just want to jump on a website and click send me another 100 and you know my contract price and my address and make it easy. That's a transactional buyer. They don't want anything more than that. So for those people, you have to have the best experience possible. Again, we're all trained by Amazon. How easy is it to buy an Amazon? I'm logged in. I find it. Click, bang, go, refund, bam, everything's simple. And then on the other side for relationship, it's more around the construct of giving advice. And in this day and
1: age, I find customer service almost more valuable than the product or even Steven because you know, it just drives me nuts. I can go into a grocery store and ask a clerk what aisle is bread on. And they won't know even to say it's aisle 13 or aisle 15. I mean, customer service to me is king. Um, Now, I wanted to jump to uh, the folks that have been told to do more personalization in marketing. What's could the trick? Could I
0: mention something real quick okay. though, that you said? it Really, because you were on a really big point. And it ties to a couple of your other questions, and and it's that that issue of uh, retention and loyalty, satisfaction. Right? They are all in the same boat. They tend to drive each other. Very quickly, I'll say this: modern marketing research says the number one reason that people are loyal to a company is that company's ability to overcome a problem with them. It trumps every other aspect uh, uh, aspect of loyalty you could imagine. When a client has a problem with you, if they feel when you pick up the phone that you're on their side and you're trying to help them and you quickly and rapidly resolve it, that drives loyalty. They will love you for that because all of them know the experience of the 10 hours they were on hold for the cable company or the phone company. Oh, and, and they talked to Sue, you know, I'll bet you're rolling your eyes. Oh, I had to talk to a supervisor and they got it wrong. And then in a month, they got it wrong again. You'll remember that and repeat that the rest of your life. Someone gives you that great experience. You probably not only talk about it, but for sure you're going to stay with them. Sorry. I, I just wanted, it was a oh, great, yeah. great insight. And I wanted to capitalize on that.
1: That's that's perfectly fine and great, actually, for our listeners. So just maybe a few quick thoughts then on this personalization in marketing.
0: Personalization is one of the hottest topics in marketing right now. I think it's broadly misunderstood. So the simplest, I'll say there's two, three stages of personalization. There's simple, which is insert your name here, right? You get a mailer, hi, Mary, <laughs> right? Someone did a mail merge on a document. Okay, it's personalized, but not a lot. In the middle is, help me. And I'm back to that again. Uh, And at the end, I would call it uh, the creepy line um, where uh, somebody said too much. They know a little bit too much. And this is where companies get into trouble. So I, I, I use a quick example of a, uh, a dentist, your dentist, Dr. Smiley or whatever, right? They send you a card, at your birthday, don't forget your checkup. Ah, okay, that's kind of nice. Um, but then they, uh, uh, they send you a, uh, a report that says uh, people in your age group that have come as frequently as you have uh, will 30% less likely to get periodontal disease. Oh, that's kind of nice. That helps me. I feel better. I've taken care of my teeth. Oh, nice to know. And I'm better off than the rest. And then when they send something that says, hey, recently uh, we saw an email you sent to uh, uh, a dental site uh, and we think your opinion's wrong. What are you talking about? Right. You stepped over the line. So where you want to be is in the middle in that sweet spot. Help me a little bit. Hey, Nine out of 10 users that did this, find this. People like you do this. Right. That helps me.
1: So for someone trying to decide if they should use local marketing and advertising agency or hire a full-time marketing person,
0: what's the thought line there? That's a tough one. You could spend a lot of time, but but I'll give you two quick insights. One is, sit down and decide what is really core to your business, your value, right? What's the family jewels of what you do? If it's oh, it's it's how I think through problems and propose solutions, then don't ever give that away. Don't ever hire that out. Make sure you have a person for that. And if you need that person and you hire it out, hire someone and stop jobbing it out to a local agency. Um, the other uh, quick example I'd say is, I mentioned it before, anything to do with digital uh, analysis, looking at all this data you get from your marketing automation, That stuff you need to keep in-house because that information is gold.
1: Okay, and I guess we'll close with probably... Uh, <laughs> The most heavy-duty question that we've had today, Tom. What is the most important marketing skill or capability one should have for the next
0: few years? Mm. You see the smoke coming out of my ears. I, <laughs> I have to think about it. There... In the, in the short term, I've said it twice, so I don't want to kind of go back on what I said. Look, the short term skills that, that most people need are digital, savviness, analytics, people that know how to use the, the information you have and turn the data you have and turn it to information. That's the gold. I have data. How do I get information out of it? Those, those people, that's great. That's a great skill. But I don't think it's the most important. I think the single most important person in all of marketing in any company would fall in the realm of, Customer experience, that's the biggest term, but I'll make it simple. Someone that understands how to segment your customers and target them based on their needs or behaviors. If you can find a person that's very good at that, and there are plenty of them, and you say, I need to do segmentation and define needs and behaviors, that's the single most important thing you can have. Absolutely, without a doubt. Okay,
1: fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. I know so many people are going to value and benefit from this information. Let's just take a moment to applaud everybody out there who's getting back on track, trying hard. Again, Tom, thank you for giving them a way to do that. Go America.
0: Go business.
1: Time for our nonprofit spotlight. The Assistance League of the Triangle Area is a volunteer organization dedicated to transforming the lives of women, children, and families through community programs. They operate six programs, including Operation School Bell, providing new clothing, shoes, backpacks, and school supplies and health items to students, women in need, which is designed to help homeless and women in crisis with personal care items, laundry vouchers, bus tickets, and other items as needed. Kids Place at Wake Med Pediatric Emergency Department, created to supply games, books, toys, and furnishings for over 45,000 children that visit the facility each year, as well as 1,500 teddy bears for the children that need an extra element of comfort. They also have a scholarship program. And then there's SMILE, which stands for Senior Multi-Interest Lifetime Enrichment, Increasing Interaction with Senior Citizens in the Community for Mutual Education and Enrichment, and lastly, Community Sharing, their effort to partner with other local nonprofit organizations by redistributing gently used items. More information can be found at altriangle.org. triangle dot org. dot org. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. Keep listening here or at our website because it's NASCAR and Durambool season and we have the behind the scenes. We will also tell you how to interpret your dreams or share your grief over coffee at a death cafe or get a load of this, an artist who uses her psychic abilities to paint. It's all here and more. I'm Mary Sprucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be gentle with others.